Hey, Allie. Hey, Becca. <laughs> we're at it again. And today we're talking about how taking care of your mental health is kind of cool. It's really cool, Becca. Yeah. Today we're diving into mental health. It's really important for both Allie and I and has been a big part of our process over the last definitely 14 years um, since we've been practicing, but even before then. And it's not just an important part of our lives. It's an important part of our practice. Hey, Becca, you want to start a podcast? Mm-hmm. Align with the Massage Business Mama is the product of two massage school besties deciding to take a leap and try something new. It's morphed, it's shifted, it's grown. But at the core, it's Allie, a massage business coach, and her occasional sidekick, Becca, two therapists committed to elevating the field. I find that there's times when I'm not taking care of my mental health quite as well as other times. Yeah. And it affects my work. I shared recently that I burst into the tears with a massage client on the table. And clearly I wasn't taking care of my mental health. And sometimes it's really subtle changes and sometimes it's really drastic things. But it's so important to make sure that we are doing what needs to be done and not neglecting our own care. Because it's, I mean, we're caring for everyone around us all the time. So it's really easy to... And sometimes a experience like that or a moment like that can be a wake-up call of like, oh yeah, I've been neglecting my mental health. And it can be a redirect. And sometimes we don't even know when these transitions are happening. It can be so subtle, like changing of an office space, growing your business, downsizing your business. It can be big things too, the loss of a family member, furry or otherwise, butting heads with other therapists or employees having your home or office broken into, financial stress. There's so many points where it can just be really, really beneficial to have a reserve of tools and people to support your mental health. Like having your online presence hacked. Yeah, that's a big one. (laughs) I recently worked with a client who had all of her uh, finances hacked from her business. And I mean... That is a very emotionally traumatic experience. It's traumatic. It's traumatic. So, you know, that's that's an area that is very real real for all of us now who have any kind of online presence or do any online banking. And it is a part of just life. And obviously, there's probably maybe some scenarios where you're a little bit more vulnerable. But gosh, it's huge. And you were recently... Yeah. I mean, it was, it was awful. It was awful. And it it did really affect my mental health. Yeah, And you know, it was, um, it felt silly at the time because I was like, this is just social media. Like, why am I so upset about this? But I had, you know, I'd invested a lot into the business aspect of the social media accounts. And, um, also it was, I realized how much of a connection I have with people that I've never met in person. I have, I have a lot of friendships with people online that, um, those friendships are real. They are real. Yes. And, you know, I was completely cut off from them. And so, yeah, I, it, it, it was interesting how much of a spiral that sent me in. And um, It's funny. I, I, it's interesting that you say it was a small thing and it shouldn't have been a big deal, but it is a big deal. And that's where, like, tracking our mental health so we can maybe stay ahead of those things that we feel like we should be able to just 
you know, tough it out and walk through, yeah, um, really isn't the best approach. No, no, it's not. It's not. And I think there's a time and place too for kind of letting yourself mourn whatever it is that that is causing you to maybe your mental health to take a little bit of a dip, and then saying, okay, I'm gonna reset. I'm going to start making some healthier choices in my life. Um, I know for me, it was like I had <laughs> I had a client who came. I never play video games on my phone, but I had a client who came in one day and was telling me about how she was staying up way too late playing video games on her phone. And I was like, oh, maybe I should play a video game on my phone. <laughs> and then I like got into this whole like negative, repetitive thing where I was playing video games till way too late, not getting enough sleep, and just feeling like crap the next day and then, you know, not having energy to tackle any of the things that I really wanted or needed to be tackling and then playing more video games and just doing it over and over again. It and sounds like a vicious spiral. It is, you know, and it's, it's silly, but, um, it's not, no, it's, it's not. not, it's not. And for me, that's like my first point of support is having my talk therapist always on retainer like I don't necessarily need to be talking to my therapist every week but I've had a therapist pretty much uh since oh gosh 2005 off and on with different therapists from moving but I've always had a talk therapist in my life and it doesn't necessarily have to be when things are bad but they can give you an objective like perspective where they're like, wow, I can hear that something's going on, like something's a little different. And maybe that can be the cue that you need to remind you like, oh, wow, I have not been taking care of my mental health or something really is going on that I think is should be small, but it's not. I'm reacting to it in a way that needs a little bit more support. Um, so my talk therapist is probably my first line of support. And I don't want to say defense, but recovery from a potential, you know, serious downward spiral, which we'd like to prevent getting to that place or to the, that dark, dark place as, as much as possible. So that's why we have these tools in place. Some of the other tools that can be really beneficial are mindfulness. So tracking how you're feeling maybe in the morning or journaling and just taking a step outside of your situation. I like to do this in the morning and in the evening and separate. This This is kind of gives you like a, a clear perspective of where you're starting from and where you're ending from. You can write it down, track it in your phone, or even just, you know, maybe run some mental notes and just that track of day to day. Like, where am I at? Where Where's my energy at this morning? And just being okay with that and then going through your day. What other tools do you have? Alex? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one thing is getting exercise, getting out there and and making sure that you're moving your body. Absolutely. Um, that's going to get those endorphins going and getting outside really too and doing, I like to do exercise outside because it just helps me to have better perspective and appreciation for what's going on around me. Um, also, I think alcohol alcohol intake is huge you know, making sure that you're being mindful of how much is going in. And if too much is going in, then figuring out a way to reduce that. And you could even just, you know, alcohol isn't bad per se. I mean, I guess it depends on your perspective, but doing that tracking, you know, like you're, you maybe had four drinks, you know, four different days throughout the week. And when, if you're doing that tracking in the morning, 
you can kind of start to see a pattern of, wow, I feel like crap today. Like, you know, and if you're seeing that pattern regularly, then you might decide to maybe slow down on um, adding those drinks or, you know, eliminate them altogether, noticing that they're not benefiting you in the way that you thought. Well, and I think it's interesting, Beck and I were talking earlier about how, you know, what might be a lot of alcohol consumption for me could be nothing for someone else. So like for me, maybe like having, you know, two drinks a week could feel like a lot. And for someone else, you know, that's nothing. So by tracking it, you are you are going to have a better idea of how that might be affecting you. Your specific, yeah, totally your specific thing. Also, you mentioned sleep. How Ugh, the video games were affecting huge, your sleep. And that huge. is so huge. It's like yeah. all over the, you know, media now. I think I like to listen to the Huberman podcast and he has a whole bunch of podcasts on the benefits of sleep, how to hack and enhance your sleep. Uh, he's a Stanford professor um, and podcaster. So if you don't know who the Huberman podcast is, maybe check him out. They're usually about three hours long, but they're very informative. Three hour long podcast. Yes. Yeah. And he has really, really, um, all of his presenters and guests are very interesting. But some of them are a little bit more sciencey than others, so they can get they can get pretty long-winded, unlike ours. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, sleep is just so important. There are ways that you can enhance it by looking at direct sunlight first thing in the morning, turning off your devices, setting a bedtime that's about 30 minutes. I should finish that sentence. Turning off your devices about an hour before you go to sleep and mm. not getting any of that blue light in, and then setting your bedtime about 30 minutes before you'd actually like to go to sleep. So you're creating a ritual around your your sleep. You're preparing your body to kind of wind down from our sympathetic nervous system, which is important, right? We need it to function during the day, but we also need to transition and giving ourselves a little buffer time, especially for having a hard time with sleep can be helpful. What were you thinking with boundaries? Like I'm creating a boundary for myself to give myself space to nurture, nourish, and heal, which we don't really do that. We think we need to be around, be available for everybody all the time. And especially when it's small things, like I shouldn't be feeling upset and anxious and maybe depressed about changing office spaces. I'm so lucky to be having, to be moving into this other office space but it's a transition. It can still be overwhelming. And you, it is okay for you to create a boundary and say, you know what, friends or husband or partner, whatever it is, children, this is mom's time. This is my time. I need to do this for myself so that I feel full and energy, full of energy and whatever in order to move through this transition. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And I think, you know, really what the message that I kind of wanted to convey with this is, is like our, initially we said taking care of your mental health is cool. So I think, you know, whatever tool it is that works for you, just knowing that, you know, it doesn't have to be a drag to take care of your mental health, that when you are taking care of your mental health, you are being cool. Like it's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's gonna, it's attractive. It's um, a positive thing. It doesn't have to feel like you're, there's no stigma around it anymore. Like stigma or like neglecting certain things or like, I have to go to bed earlier or, you know, I have to do this kind of that, that, that notion of like having to do something. You, You don't have to do anything. It's, it's, it's just about, you know, taking care of yourself in a way that, yeah 
feels good. Yeah. And having all those things in place, whatever it is for you, that can help you keep your mental health happy and healthy because it is cool. Thank you so much for listening. And please reach out to us if you have any questions or topics you would like covered. We love suggestions. Find us at www.alignwiththemassagebusinessmama.com. Also, we wouldn't hate it if you were inclined to share or review our episode. Until next time, stay healthy, massage therapists.